Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Studios in Greater Cincinnati, Brownsburg, Indiana, and the banks of the Ohio River on the Kentucky side, also known as Jamie's Vacation Home. It's a Bengal Jim Less version of Bengal Jim and Friends. And without further ado, here is James. Well, thank you, Tom. It's Jamie still in uh, in the big city here, and uh, excited to uh, see him Sunday at the tailgate for those coming to Monday night's game. He's he's going to be. There as well, but um, certainly not the outcome we wanted on Sunday, but um, a lot of fun pregame. We'll talk a lot about that with Tony and Mark segments coming up in a little bit. But uh, special guest tonight, I think it's probably been about a year since we've had Malik Wright on, so we're excited to um, to have him part of the show and um, a lot to cover tonight. Uh, you know, looking at this year thus far, 0-2. Mirrors uh, what happened last year, one difference being the two losses in the AFC North, which um, nobody wants, but um, the cards were dealt. Everything's still in front of us. And, um, Jamie, what what have you been doing for the last couple of days? Kind of messing up this place I'm staying at. Kind of a kind of a new, a new uh, home here for somebody. So just been exploring all four corners. Now, I've been doing a lot of walking. You know, Cincinnati is a great walking city. That's something people don't talk about. You can literally go everywhere in the city. Cross the bridge when there's no bomb threat. It's really nice to go across the bridge. Risk of my life every time I do it. But uh, I'm just hanging out, guys. Looking forward to see everybody again on Sunday. and Or, sorry, on Monday for uh, week three. Hopefully a win, too, will be nice. Sunday is is your birthday, so we're going to have an extra celebration on uh, on Monday. We might be two days of, of celebrating it. If Tom and, and Tony can can handle it, but um, we got Mark there excited for um, his season premiere of On the Mark, so that's going to be fun. And it looks like our guest has uh, joined us. He was um, 
gracious enough to stop by the tailgate on um, Sunday, where we had a, a chance to confirm his appearance here tonight. And certainly a great host, if you remember, um, whether it's even talking about gambling, obviously the inside scoop on a lot what's happening with the um, Bengals. This gentleman seems to uh, know what's happening. So without further ado, Tom, go ahead and introduce our, our guest for tonight. As James said, he's a great, uh, great friend of our program and a great friend of Bengals fans all over. His coverage is outstanding. Uh, he has the sources and the knowledge and uh, gives a fair shake to our Bengals, which you can't say to everybody in the media, but a big welcome and appreciation to Malik Wright. There he is. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Malik, welcome. It's been uh, it's been a while. It's excited when we ran into you on uh, Sunday. There, your your boy Daniel was hanging out with us in the uh, Bet Fred Ten all day, um, helping people place their online bets and, and talking about that. But um, how you been, buddy? It's been a it's been a little bit since we've had you on. Yeah, it's been a while, man. I've been good, man. Gearing up for the season. Obviously, last two weeks have been interesting, but. Uh... You know, uh, having the time of my life, man, as always, love covering the Bengals, love being in Cincinnati. It was good to see everybody, honestly. It's been, it feels like such a long time since we were all, we were all together. And um, even even now, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. It doesn't feel like the season has really, like, really got started yet. It still feels like we're kind of sleepwalking through things, and I'm sure that's how we feel about the Bengals as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's, good. it's been good, man. It's funny that you mentioned that. I, I just feel like this season did sneak up upon us, and, and God knows we – two years, two slow starts, but it, it's here, you know, it, it's yeah. real. Um, it's another season where Joe's coming off missing um, training camp difference this year. First two games in the division, obviously the same win loss um, record as last year. If you had a, I don't know, put a microscope under the first two weeks, Malik, um, are you surprised? What's been your biggest takeaway from what you see? You know, I, I hate to be, negative here but I felt we were going to lose to Cleveland and the reason being is because um we, they always tend to match up very well against us obviously there was a lot of chatter in the offseason from our guys kind of giving them a lot of bulletin board material and obviously with Joe Burrow coming off of his his uh calf injury I uh I always, I always felt like that we were probably gonna have a, lo- a little bit of a rough start against them um the Ravens game is very similar too if you think about it right where we this is a team that we bounced out of the playoffs last year so, of course, they're going to come in fired up. They're going to be looking to prove something because, unfortunately, you know, or, well, fortunately, I will say, when you um, experience a level of success, teams start putting a target on your back, right, and they start looking at you as the measuring stick. And if they beat you, um, they feel like they'll feel better about their season. So they put a lot of eggs in their basket. You think about, if you recall, back in the day when we used to take on the Patriots when Tom Brady was there or the Colts when Peyton Manning was there, it was the same thing, Right. To be what, – what, what did Ric Flair say? To be the man, you got to beat the man. To be the best team in the NFL or the AFC, you got to beat one of the best teams in the AFC, especially when those two teams – when that team comes in your division. Uh, I don't think the NFL did the Bengals any favors by scheduling two divisional games. I'm I'm personally of the belief that no team should face divisional opponents first week of the season. I just, I just don't think that's a fair shake to any team in the NFL, and I think that it doesn't allow you to really um, get going because if you think about it, Every team that that you that you put out in the football field on the first week of the season, that's not going to be the team that you see in its final form. And these divisional games are so crucial. These divisional games are so crucial. And if you drop one, it could really put you behind the eight ball. You drop two, then you're playing catch up. So I think that's the situation here the Bengals are facing. I think that's why we are a lot of people, a lot of Bengals fans are pretty much panicking because they're like, okay, 
0-2, right? But now 0-2 in the division. It was one thing when last year we started off losing to the Steelers and then we lost to, what, the Cowboys, I think it was the following week? Yeah, 3-2. But he, now we're 0-2 in our division, uh, as well as being 0-2. So that, that puts us a little bit behind the eight ball. Malik, wow. I, you know, I don't know the, the panic is as much for the 0-2. I mean, Cleveland matches up tough. I said last week whether the Ravens were hurt or healthy. We mm-hmm. can play one heck of a game and still lose to the Ravens. They're a great football team. I think the panic comes from watching the team that the Bengals have, have had out there. I mean, we it was only a three-point loss Sunday, but they didn't play well. Uh, right. Offense, defense, special teams, other than, you know, the the, the punt return uh, by Chucky Sizzle, they're not playing well. They don't right. look good on either side of the ball. They don't look like the team we know. And now we're staring at the prospect of probably being without the franchise. Um at least I think for a couple weeks and, you know, I don't think we're playing for a division title. I think we're fighting for a way to get to 10 wins, get in as a playoff and hope you get in, get hot and and do some damage there. Uh, What is your take on not just the offense, but the defense and the special teams so far? Um, I'll say this. I, I think the defense for a large portion of the Zach Taylor era has always shown up. Right. And I think we're getting a glimpse of what happens when the defense is sort of out there too much or the offense isn't, you know, the offense, defense, and special teams, the three phases of football. And it's important that those three parts of the football team work as a cohesive unit. And right now what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the special teams do their part, the defense doing their part at times, but the offense isn't doing its part. And I think in large part that has to do with Joe Burrow's health. Uh, But even beyond that, I, I think that there's no true identity on the offensive side of the ball right now. I think that we don't have an all, we don't have an identity in terms of what works for us. You know, certain teams, their identity, like you look at the Tennessee Titans, their identity is hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and then use the running game to marry it together with the pass game, play action, heavy play action team, the Rams who are about to face right here, uh, heavy play action team. Um, the Bengals, when you look at us, we're like, what do we do? We have a lot of names. We have a lot of star power, right? We have Jamar Chase. We have Tyler Boyd. We have T Higgins. We have Joe Mixon. But what is our offensive identity? What do we fall back on? If all things go haywire, what is it that the Bengals, we know for a fact, can fall back on? It used to be deep shots to Jamar Chase until teams started playing cover two on us and sort of testing us like, hey, beat us, right? Now it's, I think this is going to cause the 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 play callers, meaning Zach, meaning Brian, to evolve. And, and I think this is a good thing, honestly. I think that the the offense has to establish some type of an identity on top of that. They have to establish a type of a rhythm. Uh, too many third and long situations on a regular, consistent basis. The fact of the matter is, with a team with, with, a team with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins should not be struggling to put up points. That should not be a thing. And I think that's something we can all agree upon. And I think that's sort of where the frustration comes in because this is one of the most talented offenses that we've had in quite some time. It almost reminds me when Bill Lazor – or not Bill Lazor, what was his name? What was the guy's name? The uh, – he was right before Bill Lazor. He he took over as the Bengals play caller. He got fired like a couple weeks into the season. Um, Ken, Ken Zampezi. Ken Zampezi, when he took over as offensive coordinator, we couldn't put up a points. And we were like, man, this offense is too talented to not be able to put up points. And I think this is very, I think this is a similar, obviously, to a lesser degree, but the expectations are much higher, right? The expectations are much higher. So you, you'd you like to see this team put it all together. Um, I don't, I think the defense is going through a little bit of growing pains, especially from the safety spot, which we all expected. You lose Jesse Bates, you lose Von Bell, you're going to struggle. But I'll tell you what, here, believe me, you guys, 
Um, if we will, we'll know what we have in Dax Hill. We'll know what we have in either Jordan Battle, Nick Scott, whoever is the other starting safety next to Dax Hill this week, because you want to talk about a team that's going to test you deep. You want to talk about a team that is going to take shots, that is going to test if you can stay disciplined. That's what the Rams are going to do. Hey, Malik, I see a, a lot of the debate now with Bengals fans online is whether they rest Joe Burrow, make sure that calf's 100%. Obviously, we don't know the extent. They're not going to tell us the extent of the injury, but uh, we don't know where that is. But I see a lot of people debating whether they should sit him until the bye, till after the bye week, come back then, or at least at the very least sit him on Monday night if he's at 100%. What, what side of that debate are you on? Do we, do we rest Joe Burrow or do we roll with him? I see both sides. I, I'll say this. I, I think that it all depends, right, on what the severity is. And pretty much when we talk about him re-aggravating it or re-injuring it, what is the worst that could happen? That I think that's that's the big question. If we're talking about – if it's going to be something he's going to be dealing with all season, then I think that resting him might not do the team too to – do, do the team any good, especially if it's going to be something he deals with all season. However, you can start to develop a game plan or something to help ease um, ease his responsibilities while he's out there on the football field, like handing it off to Joe Mixon, who has looked like our best offensive weapon uh, through the first two games. So I, I think that's a, that's a good question, but I think in, in, in large part, it, it's all about um, how severe is the injury. And I, to, to your point, I don't think that's something any of us – uh, have the exact answer to. I know I've heard some things so far, but they've all been rumors and hearsay. And uh, talked to a guy, one of my guys today, and they said can't confirm anything. You know, they, 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 it, it's been really hush hush on the Joe Burrow side of things. So we'll see. All right, Malik. Yeah. Um, obviously, the team has struggled, but uh, one area that I've really been shocked by is the tight end position. You know, we had CJ and then Hurst, and then we just all kind of assumed we'll plug and play and everything will be fine. And, I mean, he's been almost, you know, or Smith has been almost next to non-existent, except for, um, I think, maybe one or two catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you, you know, explain a little bit that? Maybe, you know, have you heard anything? Or I doubt the Bengals are looking for anything in the market or anything like that. But um, can you explain a little further about the struggles they've been having? Sure, absolutely, man. I think that's, a, a, you know, uh, a good question too, man. Um, I'll say this. I think that the offense as a whole – is struggling. So it's, it's hard to, I don't want to be too hard on the tight end position or Irv Smith. Um, but what I will say is there's no creativity on the offense right now. Um, you bring in Drew Sample, guess what? We all know it's a, it's a run play, right? You bring in Drew Sample in because it's a run play. You bring in Irv Smith, we know it's a passing play. Now me, I don't, I, I watch film, study film. Obviously I cover the Bengals, but if I can pinpoint that and you guys can pinpoint that, what do we think these defensive coordinators are picking up on? Right. So it's easy to take a guy like Irv Smith out of the game um, when you know what's coming already. To me, there's there's no you don't have a tight end right now that you you can say that you feel comfortable is a receiving threat and an, even an adequate blocker to even, you know, disguise what might be coming on offense. So it's just you're tipping your hand way too often. It's almost like bringing out an extra offensive lineman. Essentially, you know, a run play is coming. Right. And I think that um, that's a position I think the Bengals just felt like, well, we had Hayden Hurst. We had C.J. Azama. Joe Burrow can make anybody look good. Right. But at what point does it hurt the offense to have, um, you know, 
to to not have a tight end that had that can do both. That is that can that can be multifaceted, so to speak. And right now we don't currently have that. We don't have a tight end that can receive, block, and uh, not tip our hand at whatever play that we're running. So Malik, um, you know we concentrate on the offense and, yes, and the uh, offensive line, and I've been watching them over the last two weeks. So the first week, yeah, they struggled. Second week, I think they got better. But what's your opinion on the difference between Burrow holding the ball longer and the fault of the offensive line? Tony, I'm glad that you asked that question. It's good to see you, brother. Um, I'll say this. I think the offensive line is getting a bad rap. Even even in the Cleveland game, I don't think the offensive line played that bad. I think that it's a lot to ask the offensive line when the play calls aren't helping the offense uh, necessarily. And then you, you're, you're faced with third and long situations. And then obviously – Teams know Joe Burrow's dealing with a, uh, the calf injury, so of course they're going to send an extra blitzer at you. The offensive line's job is to you know pick up their guys. The running back is supposed to then work in tandem with the offensive line, pick up the blocks, and make just make life easier. But right now we're not getting that because Joe Burrow is dealing you know he is he is dealing with this calf uh, strain. The offensive line uh, they're picking up their their assignments, they're doing their job, and I, I just think they're just getting a bad rap right now. So I think the offensive line. Um, in its final form is going to be, is going to look really, really good. Um, but I, uh, I, I've been personally impressed, Tony, the last two weeks of how much improved the offensive line has been. And I feel like that's something that we're not talking enough about personally. And I, I think that, I think that even brings me to my next point, right? Like, that's why I'm so adamant, hey, run the football, because I don't know if you've been watching, those big boys been getting some movement up front, man. They've been getting some movement up front on the offensive line. So it's like, you got Orlando Brown or Zeus, whatever you like to call him, right? You, you got him up front along with the rest of those guys, man, use those to your, use it to your advantage. This is the best offensive line Joe Mixon has had. I don't think that there's any, I don't think there's um, any uh, coincidence that Joe Mixon is starting to look like Joe Mixon of old behind this new offensive line. I think the offensive line is looking really, really good this year. So, so to speak, so use it to your advantage. That's a uh, perfect transition. I was going to go into um, Joe Mixon. Obviously we, we talk about the struggles, maybe throwing the ball, especially the wet, uh, wet ball in Cleveland. If I had to give up an MVP for the first two games, obviously T had a heck of a game on, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday, but I thought with the touches that Joe Mixon has had this year, he's done, he's done a heck of a job. And, yes. and you, know, you sit there and say, gosh, why hasn't he had the ball more? You know, why didn't we run more on, in a wet um, Cleveland? Look what he did um, Sunday there against the Ravens. We thought he was good. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm not the biggest Joe Mixon fan, but again, if I had to give an MVP, through the first two games. I mean, he's done everything as for, seems like he's running hard. Um, why do you think we, we haven't gone to the run more, especially with Burroughs injury with the, with the rain in Cleveland? It just seems like, man, it takes the pressure off it. you mentioned how good the old line's been doing. W- what are we missing here uh, with Joe Mixon in that running game? Sure. I'll give you, I'll, get, I'll break it down like this way uh, for you, James. Uh, you ever gambled before? Ever went to a casino, won money? Yes. All right. Uh, you have the ability, right, when you win some money at the casino to cash out, right? Cash out, say I'm going home, or, you know, take or, you know, or continue to bet, continue to go. Think about that, or or I'll go even a step further. Think about that new car that you just got. It's very difficult for this coaching staff, I think, to stay disciplined and, you know, go with a game plan that is, um, less exciting sometimes, right? Because you think about it, you got Jamar Chase, Deegan, Tyler Boyd out there. You want to air the football out because, again, you have a three-headed monster at wide receiver, 
And you want to be able to take advantage of that. You're like, these guys, these defensive backs can't match up with our wide receiving core. Now that might, that might be true, but sometimes, you know, every day you're not going to throw for 300, 400 yards. You're not going to do that. So you have to be able to hand the ball off and make it work, uh, make it work for you. It's like, you ever heard the saying, take what the defense gives you. If the defense is dictating that they're going to do everything in their power to take away the home run plays, you have to adapt. You can't just keep trying to chuck up uh, home run plays and you can't keep trying to, you know, give bubble screens to Jamar Chase. It's just not a conducive uh, game plan, you know, to win. So to me, the path of least resistance for this offense is key. It's still, it's still mixing. It's still mixing. It's that running game. Get it, get them involved. What did you bring him back for? If that's, if you know, if you're not going to utilize, this is what you brought him back for, Right. Because you think that Joe Mixon has a special ability. You think he still has uh, juice left in the tank. So let's continue to hand the ball off to him. And let's help him alleviate the pressure on a guy like 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 uh, um, on a guy like Joe Burrow. You think about what the Tennessee Titans do. The Tennessee Titans know that they're limited at the quarterback position. And, and teams know they're going hand to hand the ball to Derrick Henry and now Tajay Spears, what, 25, 30 times a game. And we got to be prepared for that. You'll, they'll, you, they, you can know all day what's coming, right? But I think that's what's going to also open up the game for Jamar Chase. If you are simply going out there throwing bubble screens and short check down passes, that's not fooling anybody. You know, make it make the offense work for you, not against you. Hand the ball off to Joe Mixon. Make those safeties come up. Make those linebackers start to load the box and respect the run game. And then you can get those one-on-one shots with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. But you can't come out the gate you know, swinging. Again, another saying that they say in football is defenses have to earn the right to rush the passer. The Bengals are not making anyone earn the right to rush the passer right now. The Bengals are just going out there playing backyard football. And again, I think they need to do a better job of putting together a script that works not only for them, but for the health of their quarterback long-term. Malik, one of the biggest criticisms I'm, I'm hearing, and you watch, you know, all the pundits talk about this as well, is how slow of a start the Bengals have had ever in the Joe Burrow era. Mm-hmm. And even talking to fans of the game on Sunday, everyone, you know, we're starting 0-2, saying, man, I wish this team would take the preseason more seriously. Um, I also agree with what you said at the top. I don't think teams should play divisional opponent week one. We face two divisional opponents week one and week two. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think, you know, should should the team have taken preseason a little more seriously knowing our first two weeks were divisional opponents? I think that's tough to say. I don't think – I certainly don't think all the offensive starters shouldn't have played. I think you there there's a way to make it work because in the same token, what happens if you go out there and play preseason and somebody gets hurt, you know, and it's yeah. like why are your why yeah, right? starters out there? Um, you'd like to see the starters at least get a drive or two throughout the entire preseason together. So that way they, they just know you're, you're banking on them getting in game shape by through, through practice, through training camp, things of that nature. So I, I don't think that practice, I mean, I don't think that preseason games are, um, should, I don't, I don't think you should live or die by those. Honestly, I think, I think that it's one of those things where it's all, it's all objective, if you will. That's just, that's my opinion on it. Malik, uh, flipping over to the defense, we all knew there were going to be some growing pains. Uh, I didn't have any problem with what management did, the guys they got to replace Jesse and Vaughn. And with how Lou coaches, I think those guys will be fine. It might take till mid-October, but it seems like even with Cam Taylor-Britt last year, two months of coaching, 
during the season and he was ready to pop in. I don't think that'll be the, the problem on the back end. My concern is, again, the front side. No <laughs> consistent pressure on the quarterback. I mean, none. You get a little bit of push in the middle, a little bit from DJs, but in nothing what we were expecting and nothing what they said they were emphasizing from a coaching standpoint. Is that a scheme problem? Is that the guys are just underperforming? I mean, we had uh, Baltimore came in down this weekend, and, and they, they looked like the 88 Bengals, that offensive line. I think a lot of it had to be um, – I think I think a lot of it comes down to, I think when you play a guy like Lamar Jackson, the quarterbacks they've played the last two weeks, Deshaun Watson has an ability where he can extend plays, he can run outside and create uh, for his offense. I think Lamar Jackson, we all know he can do that, of course. So I think they were kind of caught in the crosshairs of, you know, sort of playing contain a little bit and almost like scared to rush the passer uh, head on. I would have personally liked to see – Mike Hilton and other people come on blitzes to help the defensive line. I think that's a way you can sort of speed up the process. They are, they're always going to play Lamar Jackson um, with this contained type. They're always going to play him like that. And I, I think that is the right game plan, but how do you alleviate that? If you're going to have them, if you're going to have the defensive line play a contained front, at least send Mike Hilton on a blitz, you know, Mike Hilton, that's his specialty. That's what he literally has made a name for himself. Um, he was the original blitz guy before Jamal Adams was. So I, I think that you can do different things because you have so much versatility on the defense from a Nick Scott, from a Mike Hilton, that where you can, uh, you know, send these extra defensive backs on a blitz. Also, I mean, just to go a step further, I I, I personally didn't love, and you guys know I was a big fan of Lou. Um, I personally didn't love the, <laughs> the, the thought process to put Cheetah Bay Luzia coming off of the torn ACL in the slot. Uh, going up against Nelson Aguilar, they try to hit. They try to hit us with that play uh, twice before they actually did hit us with that same exact play against Cheetah Bay Luzier. You know, I, I just think that's a lot to ask for. Guys, one of our best outside corners. Why are we putting him in the slot? You know, you got a guy like DJ Turner who's a rookie, who's young, who's fast, who's played slot, who's played outside. Put him in the slot. Let him deal with that speed. But a guy like Cheetah Bay Luzier dealing with those cuts, that's just not. That's just that's that's asking for a recipe for disaster. And, and the thing that annoyed me was. We saw them take that they, – they tried that same exact shot twice in the game, and he missed on it. And the third time, he actually connected on it. And it's like a little, you know, fake in, go up and out, you know, on a guy like Cheetah Bayouzi. And that, I don't know. I just think that's a lot to ask a guy coming off of a torn ACL to, you know, deal with those cuts and stops. And I don't know. I think you're taking – you sort of, like, made his strength a weakness. And Malik, uh, piggyback off what you were saying earlier about the game plan um, – so if you look at the four games that Joe Burrow started off, the only one we've won was the one where we actually ran the ball more than we threw it, which was against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I want to be a running team, but the main thing was Joe Burrow was coming off the knee injury. So they had a concerted effort to say, look, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to have to run the ball. Actually, we controlled the game until we went for it and didn't get it, and the game kind mm-hmm. of got a little way from there. And I'd leave that to say, for me, the big thing is the run defense. Um you know, getting DJ Reader was huge because if you can't stop the run in the AFC North, you cannot win. And right. you're not going to win. And you're going to, you know, the biggest play for me of the game was really one of the last plays where they ran the ball. It was third down, I believe. And they just ran it right at mm-hmm. And they got the first down. You could see the way the team celebrated on the sideline. They were excited. So, you know, just the run defense has not been played as well. And a lot of that comes from the offense just not being on the field. I, I agree with you 100%, man. And I, I just think that, you know, that's what's going to happen over time, right? If you're if the offense is not answering enough, um, 
the defense is going to find themselves on the field a lot more, and then we're going to start to see these guys slow down, right? It, it, it's like they're they're easier to easier to tackle in the first quarter, the second quarter. When you get to the third and by the fourth quarter, they're absolutely cooked. And I think that's what we had in our hands right there. I just think that this, I just think that uh, our offense needs to do a better job of extending drives to help alleviate the pressure on the defense. And I think that's very similar as well. The same could be said for Brad Robbins and his punting, man. Um, you know, the field position battle. One could say, hey, the Bengals had a better punter in the AFC Championship game. We might be talking about the Bengals on the Super Bowl last year. So it's the same thing. Like, you, I think the I think the offense, defense, and special teams need to do a better job of working together as a cohesive unit. And Brad Robbins, I'm sorry to make it about him, but he's got to get it together sooner rather than later. This is a team that was aggressive or tried to be aggressive in addressing the punting situation, which, which is why they spent the capital they did in the draft to bring that guy in here. Um, you expect better. You expect better. And he needs to be better for this team right now and down the stretch. Malik, we really appreciate your time coming on the show. I do have a couple of viewer questions if you're cool sure. to keep those. I know. Sure, man. So Lisa is asking the chat, I'm a Volson fan. I've read a lot of criticism directed at his play. Is this warranted, do you think? Uh, he hasn't looked amazing, but I also think the off- it's hard to judge the offense right now because, again, the play calling has not helped the offense. But Joe Burrow also dealing with injury hasn't. I'd rather judge Cordell Volson um, once – once the Bengals really get behind uh, an offensive game plan, like running the football and even later down the stretch, I would, I would just say everybody just take a deep breath when it comes to Cordell Wilson. He is entering only, what is this his second year? Second league, year. Right? The second year of the league. Let's just take a deep breath for a little bit. Give him, give him, give him, give him a chance to put it all together. Let's, let's judge him when this offense finally starts, starts clicking. All right. And then Jennifer's asking if there's any word on Joseph Asai coming back this week against the Rams. Hey, Jennifer, uh, no word just yet. I expect him to. He, he started to practice and um, down the stretch last week and, and, and looked good from everything that I've heard. So I, I expect him to be back Monday night as uh, long as there is, is, isn't any setbacks. All right, Malik. As Jamie said, we want to be conscious of your time. But I think most people know, obviously, your, your Bengals knowledge is second to none. But also the the betting and, and the gambling side, you also like to uh, dabble in that. Looking at the week three lineup, any um, bets or anything special that uh, you think looks good for those uh, gambling on games here in week three? Oh man, it's funny that you said that. You know, I, I know people aren't going to love this, but I was looking at <laughs> I that. I was looking. Saying. I was looking at that Cleveland Pittsburgh game, man, and I told everybody, hey, bet bet Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Pittsburgh Steelers have haven't lost a Monday Night Football game at home, I think, in twenty years or something like that. So. Uh, people are like, oh, I don't know. I think they're, they're going to pull it out. So I was very happy to see, um, for for divisional purposes, but also just in general, I was very happy to see the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, beat the Cleveland Browns because that helped that helped us a little bit in the division. But if I'm looking at a couple of things, I think the Detroit Lions bounced back this week against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So if you guys are looking for a game to put some money on, definitely would do that. And one of my favorite bets that always hit, I don't know if the, uh, the odds have come out. They have not just yet. Um but take Josh Allen had two passing touchdowns. For some reason, Vegas hasn't caught on to it yet. It's always around minus 200 on the sports book, but it's like stealing literally each and every single week. Unless he's playing the Jets, take Josh Allen to have two passing touchdowns. It's a bet that can't miss for you guys. All righty, Malik. For those that aren't familiar, I don't know how anybody would be with your uh, shows, channels, all that good stuff. Where can Bengals fans find you? You can find me uh, over on the Sit Down with Malik Wright's YouTube channel presented by First Star Logistics. 
Uh, tomorrow I'll be live at 7 p.m. Eastern time for State of the Jungle, as we'll be talking about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and answering all your questions. But I appreciate you guys. You guys make this show like my second home. I appreciate you guys always making time for me. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the tailgate this week, man. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be – I'm, I'm pretty pumped up for this week. I think the Bengals are going to be able to hopefully get their first victory. Um, but uh, you guys do a, a great job, a fantastic job at the tailgate, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all. Even without our fearless leader here, we're somehow holding down the fort. But um... – Monday, I don't know if you heard pregame. We're going to have a, a live band. Trailer Park Lucy's are going to be back for the third year in a row. So um, it's unique down there. Uh, yeah. And we uh, love you stopping by. I know Bengals fans love of you. Of course. By. So we'll you uh, in the southeast corner of Lottie. Yes, sir. I'm going to have to get a picture with you guys finally. Man. I don't have any picture with any of you, with, with all, right. all of us as a group, man. We got to make all that right. Done. Do we'll do it. All right, man. I'll see you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Good day, Take care. All righty. Great, uh, great guest as always. We appreciate um, Malik taking time and, and great shows. Uh, in addition to what he mentioned, they also do a, a post-game show. Um, Malik does. They do, I think, a, a Monday night show. There's they do a lot of uh, great stuff with their partners there at First Star Logistics. So I've, I've actually missed every episode Malik's been on in the past. So it was nice to finally be on for one. So looking yeah. forward to meeting him Monday at the tailgate. He does. Uh, he does a great job. With that said, oh, I'm just reading the comments there. You're in charge of comments. I'm only going to read them tonight, Jamie. But anyhow, let's. Yeah. Uh, Am I missing something? Like, uh, I'm let's, missing. let's spotlight the Tiger uh, Tiger next year. Um, another, another great charity. Um, if you didn't get a chance to, uh, to make it down Sunday, our friends at the make a wish foundation, um, Allie and her team and, and Logan, who, uh, <laughs> who a lot of you had to meet. That's all. Not reading the comments, just not reading the comments. <laughs> Jamie's supposed to be, uh, producing. Here. <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, Jamie. What are you doing? We're putting more spots. We had a mute Tom. Tom's gone in the darkness retreat like Jamie did the last week. <laughs> so, uh, so we put him in timeout and muted his mic. But Tony, let's talk about um, talk about Sunday and where we're at with all things charity, my man. Yeah, so make a wish. Great, um, did had a great outcome. Another uh, show out from Who Day Nation, and appreciate the Bengal family as well as the volunteers for Make a Wish uh, making another great success. So, uh, earned thirty two hundred dollars uh, for Make a Wish, and then after the fact, um, Jimmy got another hundred dollars uh, donated to him at a restaurant that he was at. So, uh, grand total of thirty three hundred bucks going to uh, Make a Wish. So it's a it's an awesome. Uh, Venture there, um, so that brings our total up to fifty-three thousand two hundred and fifteen dollars, and we're only at the second week of the season, and uh, we've been able to contribute to sixteen different charities. So it's awesome. Let's keep it going. Um, I'm loving this, and uh, of course we have a, uh, a hefty goal in front of us, and I, I think we'll have no issues getting there. So here is uh, just a recap. This was the gentleman that won the Money Mac jersey on. Sunday, we also had a Jamar Chase helmet. That picture didn't get uploaded. I blame, blame my producer, Jamie. Uh, but anyhow, you can see Tony in there. You can see uh, Allie from Make-A-Wish. And I believe Logan's mom's name was was Megan. You can see her and uh, Logan there on the uh, 
on the right side of the pitcher. So uh, we appreciate um, them coming down and, and helping and everybody that um, contributed. Looking back, um, as everyone knows, what was it, two weeks ago we did the, uh, the duck race, Tony, or the um, T. Higgins jersey. And, yes, uh, T. Higgins jersey for T3 Corp. And um, the uh, winner was um, Elaine from uh, actually L.A., area so uh she finally got her jersey so she's supporting it there for us uh she was really happy to receive that so uh, that was uh, almost 900 bucks earned for uh, that duck race so appreciate everyone contributing to that as well all the way from la who our next guest is uh, going to be coming on here shortly looking at uh other things tony coming up the next duck race is when and correct me if i'm wrong but they have a chance to win this correct Ooh. Yeah, so we got a uh, Logan um, signed print from KB Art that donated that for us. Um, it's for the Brooks Joshua Anderson Foundation. Uh, Logan Wilson, if you guys remember from the softball uh, tournament that he did, um, that was part of his um, charity that he was working for. So it's uh, basically around SIDS, uh, great people, um, a terrible story. Uh, but again, that terrible story turned into something great and uh, created this foundation uh, to help uh, you know educate others. So looking forward to that, and that's on Tuesday. Uh, make sure you get out there and buy your duck. And I believe the, that link that I just shared that you sent me, is that where fans can go um, and buy that duck, Tony? That, yep, that's correct. So uh, it goes directly to the foundation. So uh, 100% of what you are uh, uh, giving those for $25 a duck goes right to that foundation. So, You know what? I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I see Mon, who drove all the way up from Florida, had the opportunity to um, – Hang out with us on Sunday, talking smack in here. As everybody knows, he is the defending fantasy football champ in the Bengal Gym Worldwide League. For those keeping score at home, Bengal Gym is still winless. I, I think maybe in four years he's won like one or two games. But uh, defending champ, Mon, who was on auto draft, somehow is uh, 2-0. and So I give him his two seconds of fame. I, I believe I am also 2-0 and in that league as well. Just want to let you know. I am too, but I wasn't going to say it. But, uh, how's your team, Tony? I, what was that? How's your team? Uh, I don't think I'm doing very well. Uh, I had auto pick as well. I was in Florida. And, um, yeah, I got Deshaun and poor Chubb who uh, went out this week. So, uh, I think I might need to look at uh, getting some running backs there. That's what you get for uh, not being there, one. And then you get all the, the, the Browns and Steelers players. So, uh, <laughs> so you're literally the only players available in our draft if you're on the draft. <laughs> yeah. how, how, convenient, how convenient is that? So. Oh, goodness, goodness. What uh, Before we bring our guest on, Tony, anything else we're forgetting from uh, from the charity side? Who's our who's our charity this week? Yeah, so a couple things real quick. So um, we had we, uh, we got reached out to by uh, uh, a benefit, Elizabeth Benefit, uh, the Knights of uh, Columbus this uh, Sunday, the 24th. Um, you know, trying to help with some medical bills. So uh, the tailgate, um, we have contributed some memorabilia for that uh, benefit. So if you guys are out there at the Blue Rock area, please make sure you stop by and um, help that group and that family um, get out some medical bills. So uh, our prayers go out to Elizabeth and hoping that she recovers. So that's one thing. And then for this week uh, for our tailgate, um, our charity is Ken Anderson Alliance, a great group of uh, people that we always work with every year. Uh, so we got some really good things. We uh, have a Joe Burrow signed football uh, along with a Ken Anderson helmet. Um, and then we were doing a right, uh, ring of honor package, which uh, includes a Ocho Cinco jersey and a Boomer Science and Mini helmet. So those are going to be the raffle items uh, for this tailgate. So looking forward to raising some good money again for KAA. 
And uh, teaser, we are in the works of trying to get a, a Ring of Honor member to the tailgate for Monday night. So uh, maybe you'll be surprised if you're going to be in attendance on um, Monday. So it's been uh, probably it's been 18 months since we've had a guest of the upcoming team that we're getting ready to play. Join us here on um, Bengal Jim and Friends. And um, without further ado, Tony, why don't you go ahead and introduce who we have coming on? Yeah, so this week we are playing the L.A. Rams. So uh, I have a uh, fellow PFUFA uh, brother of mine. Um, his name is Gary uh, Gary the, um, the Ram. And he's been a fan for 43 years. Um, he has a lot of uh, donations and charities that he works with his tailgate. And we just wanted to bring him on and uh, – talk about his team and what he thinks uh, about some of the predictions uh, between our teams and anything else that we have might have for him. So, uh, uh, Gary the Ram. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome to uh, Bengal Gym and Friends. Gary, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. My, my voice is still a little soft from uh, last Sunday, so if you can't hear me. My, I'm, my apologies. All right, I have a, a question to kick things off. And looking at going into this year, um, you know, McVay, was it last year or this year, was kind of in limbo. Was he going to come back? Was, was he sticking around? We heard some of the comments that Matt Stafford's wife made at the beginning of the year, which I'm sure um, didn't sit well. Obviously, your number one wide receiver, Cooper Cup, is on the um, sidelines with is a calf injury, I, I believe, trying to trying to nurse up. So looking at the start for the year for you guys, or where you – are you where you thought you would be or disappointed, um, excited? What's what's your thoughts on the Rams season thus far? Well, I mean, to, to start off, uh, uh, McVay, I, I don't think he was ever leaving. I think it was a lot of speculation. Um, he's, he's still got a lot of time uh, ahead of him. Uh, he was worried, you know, work, working on his family dynamics. You know, he just got engaged and then uh, dealing with all the new new things that he had going on. Um, uh he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, he's got a lot to prove still. Um, as far as Stafford and and the the comments made by Kelly Stafford, you know, it's, it's she's a wife and she's uh you know she's got her own podcast, so she's she's speaking from from the hip, you know, and and that's one thing about her, and she's completely honest. Uh, they're they're very transparent with uh, how they run their household, and and it is what it is, you know. Every team. Uh, the dynamics of every team is a little different, and and the fact that you know he's an older quarterback. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time, and and you know that that chemistry with the younger players, it's 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 going to be harder for him to deal with. But the fact that we have a younger coach, and we do have uh, you know we have the I believe the most uh, rookies in in the league, uh, one of the youngest teams in the league. So it, it, there is going to be some issues, but um, you know with that with that younger coach and and with the majority of the rookies, you know, uh, being able to to get along and figure things out, I, I think he he's going to get to a point where he's going to mesh. And it seems so so far so good. Um, uh, Puka, man, the but we call him Puka Cup. Like the guy has been outstanding. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that we lost Cooper so early, but I, I think the fact that he was sidelined, uh, it gave him one-on-one time with Puka to kind of help develop him. I mean, the, the mold is already there. Um, they, they're fairly similar. Uh, but I think the, 
you know, Cooper Cup's one of the best route runners in the league. And when you when you take that and you you get to train another guy that that you know basically, essentially is your shadow, I think Puka has, has benefited a lot from it. Um, you keep going through, and and you know we have uh, like Avilar, that 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 kid, he's been playing guard like a champ. Um, you can't you can't get past him, you know. And he's helping out on blitzes, so different aspects of of our game with our rookies. Um, you know, it's to, I've been telling people it shocked the world season. You know, nobody expected us to come out and and go uh, blow for blow with the Niners uh, last weekend. And um, you know, me, I'm I'm a diehard fan. I I I'm Super Bowl all the way every time. So uh, I'm not surprised, but uh, I I think I think the work is showing early, and uh, they just got to maintain. All right, Tom, go ahead with your question, buddy. Well, Gary, how how is your defense looking? I know you still certainly have uh, one of the elite players of all time, a sure Hall of Famer and Aaron Donald, but how are you guys looking defensively? So um, from from what I've gathered, uh, you know, obviously we, we don't do – McVay is very, very uh, lax on preseason, and he, he doesn't give, you know, two, two uh, shakes at a, at a win in preseason. So I think uh, the – the chemistry hasn't been there really for for the defense to to kind of step up and and smack people in the mouth and in, in the beginning, you know. And then uh, I think the second half of the the Seahawk game, uh, we 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 put uh, what we believe should be, you know, a consistent uh, consistent uh, team. Um, the second half, I mean, we 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 held them to like ten yards for the second half. Um, the the only thing I'm thinking. Uh, is that Aaron Donald is not getting what he needs to be getting. That there's not a whole lot of um, of of pressure coming from the other defensive linemen. So you know he's getting his double teams, and and there there should be somebody you know free most of the time. Um, I've noticed a lot of uh, 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 outside containment issues. Uh, we're over over um, uh, penetrating, and and we're we're getting beat on the outside. Um, I think our, our DBs are playing well for the most part. Uh, we're getting stupid penalties, you know, not turning around when they're they're playing the ball. We've got a couple of uh, pass interferences in the in the end zone when they could have turned around and picked it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little a little rusty. Again, we have a young team. Uh, we have a couple of veteran players, but you know, those guys are are only going to be able to do so much. These guys got to learn as they go. You know. Hey, Gary, I'm glad you were able to join us. So one thing, you know, with you being on our show and, and with our tailgate and both of our, our tailgates are this way. So we both welcome all fans. Um, you know, we uh, we appreciate the other team and, and what they bring to the sport. And so charity wise, as you can see, we're very heavy on charity as well. So just really quick, um, just talk about um, some of the charities that you uh, help with and sponsor. So uh, one of the, one of the big charities we do is uh, Sunshine Kids. So. Uh, what they do is they they um, raise money and they give events to or they help produce events for kids that are dealing with uh, cancer and going through cancer treatment. So um, what they do is they give them a, a sterile environment to actually uh, be able to attend events and, and do things with, you know, where they would just be in the hospital or having to, you know, stay stay home and, and not get to experience life as a child, you know, and. It's pretty cool. They they help support the families and they do a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for for kids that just you know otherwise you know would 
probably might not even make it to to see a a real childhood, a full fully lived out childhood. So it's a very special um, organization. Um, other than that, we we do a lot of local stuff. Um, I every year we sponsor families for Christmas. Uh, you know, we we go and we find uh, needy families. Uh, we have a good good uh, relationship with the city council um, in our local area, and and they go out and they they get these families and um, the, they produce us with a Christmas list, and we raise the money and we will buy all the presents on their Christmas list, and and we tell them don't. You know, don't worry about it. Just, you know, let the kids have their imagination and, you know, what they, whatever they want. And we do our best to, to fulfill it 100%. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we always feed the homeless. We Every year we go out to uh, Skid Row in L.A. and we take a group of us and we spend a couple hours out there passing out clothes, blankets, uh, food, um, you know, trying to trying to do our best to help out. And then uh, this year we're, we're actually looking into a, doing a bike drive. So, you know, we, we got a few things, uh, a few things going, uh, next year. I, I want to work on, uh, getting my, my, um, scholarship fund going so we can start, uh, you know, getting you know, college, college, the kids going into college, uh, a little bit extra money to help them out and, you know, try to make things better for, for the community. Well, Gary, we appreciate you coming on. I think in social media, a lot of times the stuff that goes viral is the, is the bad stuff, but what you just said, what we do is is the good side that a lot of time gets swept under the rug. And, um, you know, whether you're in L.A. like you, Cincinnati here or anywhere across the NFL, there's a lot of good being done. And we appreciate your work. Um, as Tony mentioned, you know, any Rams fans that want to stop by the tailgate are, are more than welcome. It's going to be a fun environment pregame. You know, we're welcoming, um, you know, just like um, when we travel, we appreciate the open arms that uh, everybody extends. So good luck to you on uh, Monday night, Gary, and look forward to a good game and, and prime time underneath the lights. And it's going to be a, a special thank night for us with a ring of honor. So we appreciate you taking the time to come on. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we, we will have uh, some members out there and, and um, I'm, I'm going to have them come stop by and see you guys. And I just want to add that uh, Super Bowl uh the Cincinnati fans were some of the best fans that I've ever encountered in my life. And, and to, to talk to a bunch of them, they, you know, they traveled for that Super Bowl and it was amazing, amazing to, uh, to meet with them and, and to actually get to know them. So uh, hats off to, to you guys as a, as a fan base. You guys are awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Gary. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll, uh, we'll be cheering on our teams on, on Monday night and, um, you got a tough uh, NFC West out there, and, and good luck to you guys as the season progresses. You too, you too. All right, guys. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Gary. And, uh, Mark, it's been, uh, I don't know, how many weeks has it been since um, you produced one of these episodes, if everybody remembers from last year. Uh, Mark would kind of go behind the scenes uh, of the tailgate, walk through once it happened, uh, interview people, show kind of the – the highlights of what's going on, and, and as everyone knows, uh, a lot of changes this year at the tailgate, a lot of positive reviews that um, we've got from week one as we've expanded into um, Smail Park. Those that uh, watched last week saw Lou on as we talked about that partnership, which has been good. I think Mark's going to outline a lot of that here in his video. Jamie, do you have that queued up or you need me to? Is it new season week one? Yes, sir. That's Not it. Let's go ahead and and we're going to let Mark talk about it as soon as it's over. Here we go.
back at it once again in a few hours. Complete pandemonium. Thank you for coming today. It means a lot to our family. Make-A-Wish does. And we really appreciate the Bengals Gems crew coming out and raising funds to support such an amazing um, organization. Make-A-Wish has made so many wishes come true for kiddos like Logan, um, who have critically ill, or who are critically ill, um, and wishes instill hope. Logan got to, um, his big wish was to meet Spider-Man and talk to him about how he can save the world from bad guys. So... Uh, yes, but to answer your question, James, it's been since the wild cards. I believe it was January 15th was the last time I was able to make a wonderful video with all our friends. Uh, I love getting down there early, around 7 a.m., get to set up. Uh, it was great having the park. You know, the, the tailgate always kind of encroached into the park, but it's nice now having the whole thing. And, you know, I was just thinking back to the first time I helped set up, me and James were running speaker wire, and now we actually have a Jeep that turns into a DJ booth. So the, the growth that we've seen over the last few years has been amazing. And, you know, I don't want to skip ahead, but I just can't wait to see where it grows with our new partnership. You know, I think that you did a great job with the video because we take for granted being there every week, what happens. But uh, for those that um, don't live locally or don't have a chance to, um, to go, you did a great job encompassing uh, what happens uh, before the game, those four hours leading up to the game. 
I forgot uh, Dana was there from from Barstool. Obviously, you you showed the um, Jamar Chase helmet. Uh, and you showed the park. Uh, a lot going on. You showed Fulcher. Icky was there. Bengals bids was there. Um, Donato skyline. Everything bagels. Uh, Quaker steak and lube. It's just uh, it's growing. From out of town, we had a fan from North Africa. I mean, it was just, it's just amazing to see how many Bengals fans are across the globe. Um, from across the globe and, and there, you know, we saw Scotland, I think was on the pinned on the map. I know Tony, you shared a, a, um, a video of somebody. Was that the gentleman from Scotland or was that from somewhere else? Tony froze up, but anyways, it's just, um, diversity is crazy and a great job, Mark, um, doing that. And without further ado, it is. Thanks, Hannah, for uh, for doing that. We're going to go um, starting with you, Tom. Let's uh, let's hear what you have to say as we lead up to Ring of Honor game on on Monday Night Football. Well, we're all frustrated and we're all worried about our quarterback. So we'll see how that plays out. Whether we're looking uh, for Joe to step back and be his old self, or if we've got Jake Browning leading the team Monday night, but we'll all certainly be there. And it is a special night, like James said. Ringer of Honor night, it's become one of the highlights of the year uh, since the Bengals have, have brought it in. And two very special guys, Boomer Esiason and Chad Johnson. So uh, it's a whiteout. It's the Ring of Honor. And it's the beginning of a winning streak. So we'll look forward to seeing everybody there and uh, keep the positive thoughts coming. Tony? Oh, we can toss it to Tony. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, just uh, keep positive. You know, we've struggled these last two games, but uh... – uh, true fans, just keep uh, keep it going. Uh, Charity, I uh, can't speak enough about where we are and where we're going to be. I uh, appreciate everyone who's involved with that and who day nation. You're, uh, you know, you've already led, uh, you know, our uh, values and what we represent. Uh, we even heard that from Gary. So just appreciate everyone and look forward to seeing you guys Monday. Jamie? Yeah, I'm obviously not the start that we wanted, but um... – Hopefully, like Tom said, start of a winning streak on Saturday. I'm personally of the camp that we rest Joe Burrow, not knowing obviously the extent of the injury. I just, I would just hate this to turn into something more serious. Um, but I'm not ready to write the season off yet. I see a lot of fans are doing that, but, uh, I'm not ready to do that yet. So a couple of things I'm going to say really quickly. This backdrop behind me, this gorgeous backdrop behind me. Very thankful for a, a close friend of mine for letting them stay at their place here uh, while I'm down here for my birthday week. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Chris, aka Cookie Lady. Um, gave me a nice little gift basket at the tailgate. Of course, there's cookies in here. I ate I ate a bunch of stuff. I don't know. There's some more stuff in here. And then she also gave me a lovely card as well that I haven't opened yet. So are you cool if I open this while I'm on the air? Yeah, go go right ahead. Is that is that like a Willy Wonka golden ticket card? What is that? I'm not sure. We're gonna see in a second. But I'm very thankful. This, you know what? This doing this show has been so cool. Getting to know a lot of people here in Cincinnati, and you guys, a lot of the fans treat me very well when I come down. I really appreciate it. So. Chris gave me this lovely card and gift basket. May you live so long that people stop saying happy birthday and just say, wow. There we go. From Chris, a.k.a. Cookie Ghost. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the tailgate on 
Monday, if I look half dead, it's because my birthday is on Sunday and a lot of bourbon will be drank on Sunday. You'll sleep on Monday. Uh, So I want to say how excited I am for Monday night. Uh, I mean, you know, anyone who lived through the 90s, you remember Chad and how he just brought the city back to life. And to now think that we actually have a ring of honor and that he's going into it. I mean, obviously the game is important, but as a fan, these are sort of the moments that you kind of think back and, you know, you wish for and, and that you're just happy to see. So I'm just happy to have, you know, be with all my friends on Monday to tailgate and obviously the ring of honor to see Boomer as well. That was my first memories of football was that Super Bowl team. So. Well, we appreciate it, Mark. Great job with the, um, the video tonight's recap and look forward to seeing the video from. Monday night with our friends, the Trailer Park Floozies. Up above in the chat, I, I did share um, the tailgate sponsorship level. If you, um, We're always getting people asking, hey, how can we get more involved? Um, that is up there in the, um, in the chat. Also, I've heard, seen some comments um, tonight about Nashville. There will be um, a Bengals tailgate, a Bengal gym tailgate in Nashville. I'm going to share that um, link there. That's going to be Sunday. And uh, I think close to 600 tickets have already been sold. So if you're planning on going to Nashville and want to join us, uh, there's the link to tickets in that. And then we also are doing one the following week in um, Arizona. So we got a busy uh, three-week stretch. I'm going to post those ticket links in the chat. So if you're planning on going to either one of those, um, get them in, in advance. They will be more expensive at the door. That way we have a, a head count of how many people are going to be there? We can make sure all the amenities are, are in line. And uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in, you attending, and, and heck, just sharing stuff on, on social media. Um, again, uh, by the fans, for the fans is something we take serious. We appreciate all the uh, comments in the chat and everyone um, choosing to, uh, to tune in and be with us every uh Tuesday night. So special uh, thanks to Malik for joining us. Always does a, a great job. And um, we apologize. Jimmy couldn't be on tonight. He's got a lot going on uh, with work and, and some other things. So hopefully he'll be back with us next uh, next Tuesday night. But um, if you're going to be in town, we look forward to uh, catching up this, this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend in, in, in Cincinnati. We know hundreds of people that are coming in from out of town. And, and with that said, just amazed by all the people that uh, were in town last weekend. Dalton, first time, I think he was at a, a home tailgate all the way from uh, Seattle. We mentioned Mon driving up from Florida, Augie from um, New York. Um, yeah, it's fun to meet Augie. It's, um, it's great seeing you. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting thousands of you that, uh, that were there, but uh, we appreciate you joining us, saying hi, and, and just being part of the fun. Because, again, without um, – you uh, men and women there just hanging out and, and having a good time with us. Um, that's what it's all about. That's what makes it uh, worth it to us and uh, a lot of fun. And, and we'll get back on track Monday night. Um, I think we'll be um, just like last year where we uh, right the ship and start trending in the right direction. So on behalf of all of us here on the show, who day everybody, and uh, we'll see you Monday night, uh, Southeast corner of Lottie. Who day? Who day? Who day? I, I, I can't stop looking at the view. I mean, look, look at the view. <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. 
Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.